it's fascinating what you said right at the beginning about the lessons from science to brand building were taking convoluted um or not necessarily convoluted but complex things and distilling it to make it simple and what you've said there is with your brand from the outside looking this oh there's so and we have this issue with islands mm-hmm. at the minute so i mm. and we, we basically boiled it boiled ours down to like michelin quality chef grade cooking chocolate mm-hmm. and that that's going to be the leading message because that's what's going to pull people on shelf and then and then we've got as you say a whole a whole loads of different tools of how to tell the kind of the, the supply chain story i want to like now hop in a hop in a time machine and uh obviously now coffee is ubiquitous coffee there's coffee chains everywhere people get tanked up on it from <laughs> day till night it's it's in the uk but um in in doing research for this it, kind of going back to the early 90s 80s uh, late 80s it said there's a quote in one of the articles that said the UK was the graveyard for mm-hmm. good coffee. Mm-hmm. And then it said the first thrust in a sip by sip sally into one of the largest tea drinking countries in the world. And I really want to kind of one of my obsessions at the minute, and it's a quote by uh, Johal Navari, the guy who wrote mm-hmm. Sapiens, which is business is essentially a fiction. And I thought about like, why do some, as, as, as I said, I was speaking to the guys who did the craft coffee. It's like, why do, why does craft coffee, um, yeah. craft coffee, craft beer. Why did craft beer? Why did that story? Why did that fiction take off? Why is the low to no booze fiction taking off? Like, why are the why do things take off? But I'd love to kind of get some context of of the UK in the um, in say like nineteen eighty six. Like, say you were to walk down the street in London. Mm. What did that look like <laughs> in terms of of getting a coffee? And what was the perception of a good cup of coffee then in in the consumer's mind? Well, it didn't exist. You would walk down the high street and there wasn't a place to get coffee. It just didn't exist. You know, we, the UK, we never evolved that sort of European cafe mentality where you would go out for a coffee. You know, in most of Southern Europe, you have the, the cafe, particularly, you know, France, Italy, of course, where you go in, you have a little one euro coffee at the counter and take your moment and off you go. And, you know, you've had your little recharge. Um, the UK was about, we go to work and then at five o'clock we go to the pub and we drink hard until like the bell rings. Um, we'd never had that relaxed third space, um, whether it was a cafe or whether it was a coffee, you know, a, a, a tabac bar or, you know, bistro sort of place. So we had a very different understanding of where you spend your time. And I think one of the phrases that came in when the cafes started, the, the, the espresso bar cafes started to open, the phrase that became came in was third place. You know, the cafe rel- quickly became the third place, not work, not home, but somewhere else you go to socialize. And it was, um, it was accessible for a woman at that stage to go into a bar during the day and sit down and meet a friend didn't it just didn't feel comfortable to a lot of women who were going out and around just meeting friends yeah they would go to a cafe you know you had chains like whether it was cafe rouge cafe flow started to pick up on that european trend open throughout the day and did certain amount of coffee business or you went to a hotel you know lounge and had coffee there 
but there was nothing on the high street. And when Stephen and I started after, you know, when we came back from our journey in the US, 94, you know, there was, there was nothing. I, you know, I used to say, if you wanted to take away coffee, you either had to go to one of the traditional Italian sandwich bars or maybe McDonald's and you got coffee in a polystyrene cup. Um, and it certainly wasn't a, a speciality coffee or gourmet experience in any shape of the word. Um, it's mad, it's mad how like, you know, 94 in the, like over 30 years is how much it's changed. Mm. You know, you can't get enough coffee like mm. Gales, is where I live in Surrey. Like, there's a Gales, a Black Sheep Coffee, a Joe and the Juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like five Acosta or Starbucks, all in this one high street mm-hmm. in Bloody Cobham. Like, it's just <laughs> like it's it's mad how ubiquitous coffee is. So, so, so the state of affairs in the UK was was kind of, I suppose, lackluster. Mm-hmm. Is to put it politely. You then jet on a plane to to the states to sunny california yeah. which is always uh romantic for for the rain sodden brits i think <laughs> what describe the cup of what was one like life-changing cup of coffee you had there i'm like right you have you're sipping that coffee like where was it what did that feel like and you're like right we need to bring this to the uk oh uh, there was definitely the moment um oh, t- tell me tell me to me about the moment jez um <laughs> it well, it was a company that was then had five shops, which is a, it's a very different business today. Uh, it was Pete's Coffee. Um, so Pete's is now the parent company of a very large business owned by JDE um, or JAB, sorry. Um, and but in those days, uh, there were there was a. a one guy that owned it had been started in the 1970s by a Dutch guy named Alfred Pete. He'd been a tea and coffee merchant and trader. He'd been in Sri Lanka, Far East, buying and trading tea. And he ended up in Berkeley, California, opened a shop on the corner of Berkeley and Vine streets in California, uh, in Berkeley, California, just across the bay from San Francisco. And his ethos was to buy the very best green coffee he could and he had a roasting style which was really dark but it was a slow sweet roast that had a lot of body yeah it was roasty and much darker than we tend to drink today um but they were basically bean shops not espresso bars um i think that's only installed espresso machines in the sort of beginning of the 90s 91 92 Prior to that, they'd had drip coffee, which the Americans grow up on. Uh, and it is it is the way that historically most Americans would drink their coffee, filter coffee. And Pete's had this wonderful deep dark roasting style and they brewed it strong in the cup. And you would go to the counter and I still remember it. There was a shop in Menlo Park and that's where I ended up working. Uh, it was my first job in coffee. So... Went to the counter, got a cup of filter coffee. You turn around, you head back to the door and you take a sip and you just, we just stopped dead in our tracks. What? Wow. I mean, Stephen and I had always been coffee drinkers and yeah, we bought sort of beans from the local deli and sort of ground them and made kind of fresh coffee at home. What we didn't know was A, they weren't the, the best beans that we were buying from the local shops and 
they weren't really always that fresh. Pete's coffee was roasted and delivered into the store the next day, so he had super fresh coffee that was great quality, and it just blew our heads off and blew our minds. We thought, this is just phenomenal. And Pete's, it was at the time when Starbucks had just gotten started in Seattle, Chicago, New England, and because of a convoluted sort of ownership history between uh, the guys that founded Starbucks and Pete's, they ended up, when Starbucks first started, Pete supplied the coffee to Seattle in, in to Starbucks in Seattle. Um, and when Starbucks started to expand for a number of years, they had a non-compete agreement, which kind of ran out as I was, Stephen and I were in California. Starbucks started to come and open into the Bay Area, but you had people that were, and they called them Peatniks, saying, the Pete's is the best coffee and you can never do anything better than that. And people were so loyal to the brand because the quality, the consistency of the way it was sourced, roasted and served. And we just thought that was hugely inspiring. And around that time, we started to think seriously about something that we do together post-science. Um, we're both foodies, so we wanted to do something in food and drink together. And coffee came along at that moment when we were really starting to think about what we could do. And we started asking questions and yeah, the rest is down the, the rabbit hole. Quick one, guys. Espresso's have got a brand new sponsor, Unleashed. Unleashed is inventory management software that talks directly to your finance and e-com software. We use Unleashed daily at Islands. I bloody love it. We've got our admin time in half, saving approximately 30k a year. Why use it? Save money, save headaches, save stress. Get granular clarity on your margins. Know where your stock is. Don't miss availability. Look, your favourite brands literally use Unleashed as their backbone. Candy Kids, Tiny Rebel, Trip, all these religiously. Look, there's a link in the show notes. Please feel free to book in a call with Josh and his wonderful sales team at Unleashed. They're amazing. Even nothing comes of it. And even better news, you'll get your first month free if you reference Hungary. Thank you. Again, back to this science piece right we said at the beginning is like once you've got that idea or that hypothesis of whether it's coffee or or, mm. or the genesis of a business you start asking questions and i love that but but just I, i'm trying to get a feel for for being outside that that pete's coffee shop and almost draw the draw the juxtaposition of, of the uk people getting smashed in the booster <laughs> and then you know or drinking tea versus the us and um so, so, so did, did, the, did the coffee start in Seattle? Is that where that movement started in the US or the, was it New York? The speciality coffee scene is, is kind of talked about as having started in Seattle. Yeah, there was... Isn't the weather in Seattle shit as well? Yeah. Is it Seattle? Anyway, it's, it's similar parallel to Manchester, I think. They get the same number of rainy days <laughs> a year. Oh, um, right. Okay. It's, it's, a, where they need it's a lovely coffee. city. Um but I, d I don't think the weather is necessarily the the driver behind a lot of coffee drinking there. It's it's a sort of an arty, sort of lefty kind of city that's got a relaxed vibe. Um, yeah, you may remember the Frasier TV series of the of the nineties era. Yeah, you know that was Seattle. It was sort of cultural. The West Coast America, sort of San Francisco, Portland, Seattle is very different to the East Coast and, you know, virtually the rest of America. 
Uh, it's the closest to Europe, I think, of, of the American that American culture exists. But it has a, a, a willingness to sort of take an ex, uh, you know, a relaxed way of exploring things and taking time with things, and that's that's what was key with the coffee. And they, I mean, one of the things that we saw is so we would go, you know, out to the movies in an evening. Uh, we come out of the movie theater, and there's kind of a strip mall there. So we come out of the movie theater, and there's a Tower Records that was open till midnight. And there was a coffee shop adjacent to that that was open to midnight. And the skater kids and the teenagers, you know, up to sort of 20 years of age, they'd be coming in and out of Tower Records and in and out of the coffee store and hanging out and drinking coffee and ice drinks and stuff like that. And, you know, if that had been the UK, they'd be trying to get into a bar and get hammered. And I just thought this is different. <laughs> There's a different way of enjoying life, and you know that was that was one part of it. So you saw that sort of social setting of it. But the other and important part was so the the Pete's Menlo Park store where I ended up getting my first Menlo, Menlo Park is sorry, just wh- where is that's in the Bay Area? That is, yeah. It's now where yeah. you've got Facebook and uh, right. all the big tech companies headquartered. In those days, it, it was beginnings of Silicon Valley, but it was biotech was the the big uh, driver then. So sort of gene therapy and all the stuff that was sort of going on around that. That was Stephen's world. So that was what he was working in. Um, but yeah, in Menlo Park. So we lived in a place called Palo Alto, which is now synonymous. Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. right at the heart of it. Um, and... Menlo Park was just up the street. And so there, the, the peace store there was right on a corner. And you get a line at the door every morning at seven o'clock when the store would open and people would come in. You'd have a constant line till about nine. But you'd have a few people just hanging out at the bar. And we had a pilot who was based out of San Francisco International, the local pastor from a church over the road, and a building contractor. And they would meet every morning, have a cup of coffee, chew the fat, and then go off and do their day. And they were, I just thought, this is amazing. There's three people here who, for the best part of 10 years, have just met up every morning over a cup of coffee, who they their, their lives and paths probably wouldn't intersect otherwise. They'd just gotten to know each other going in for coffee every day. Um and I just thought it was a really nice uh, part of sort of social interaction. And I, I'd never really been a morning person. I'd, if anything I can do to put off getting up in the morning. But when I would do the morning bar shift at Pete's and you sort of welcoming people in and you realize, hey, you know, you're setting people up for their day, you know, and just a nice greeting and get their drink that they want. And it's a simple transaction but it, it seemed to have meaning on so many different levels for people. Um, and I just found it a really interesting place to be. Thank you so, so much for listening. It honestly means the world to me. I hope you enjoyed your morning coffee and go and have an amazing day. Let's be having ya. If you want the full episode, it will be in the show notes. A link will be in the show notes, the full episode. Thank you so much. Please leave friends as well. It means the world to me.